Yes, amen. Amen. As you're seated, let's continue to pray a little bit more. Go ahead and be seated. I don't know what this morning's been like for you. Maybe it's been hectic. Maybe it's been great. Maybe it's been stressful. So let's get prepared to just only give you an opportunity to pray a little bit right now and prepare your heart. So right now, let's just pray. So God, I pray that you would just speak to me right at my point of need. Just stir deeply within my heart, oh God, the very issues of my life. Stir inside of me even the issues that I'm not aware of. So I invite your word to come into my heart, my mind, Holy Spirit. Just quicken my heart and my mind and my soul right now. Help me see what I need to see and hear where I need to hear, God. I pray, God, these will not be my words, but I pray that you would take over my heart and my soul. Help me be faithful to the text, just to get out of the way and let you do what only you can do here this morning. So we invite you in, Holy Spirit, come and take over this time, take over this space, and have your way. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, that's kind of strange up there on the board. Um, I don't know what just, what's happening there. So let's go ahead and read the text while they're getting that straightened out. Not many should be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control his whole body. Now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they will obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs, so too. Though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how small a fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish, is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father... And with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters, or are grapevines produce figs? Neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. So I want you to think about the foundation of your life for just a moment. So if you're saved, if you're in Christ Jesus, then the Bible talks about, especially Paul, he talks about being in Christ Jesus, that being our reality. So the very foundation of your life, your heart, your being, James is going to talk about that. Last week he talked about that if we're truly in Christ Jesus, have really been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the evidence of this is going to be good works. So this week, he says, if we're really saved, that really the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit is working inside of us, then the evidence is going to be 
by the words that are coming out of my mouth. So look at this. Here's what, I just want to give you a few, few um, texts out of Romans right here. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is, there it is, is in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 11. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you see how all of these are tying together? Romans 8, 1. We love this one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And then Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So there is your position. It's in Christ Jesus. That is, that, I mean, that is the foundation. So everything in your life, in your heart, it comes from your position in Christ Jesus. Are you thankful today that you are seated in the heavenlies? Are you thankful today you're seated in church? Yeah, so we come here today to hear from God. I hope today that, that this word, listen, as we're going through James, it is hard. It's a hard word we want to hear today. And it's been hard last week, and, and, but here's the good news. Next week is going to be our, our marriage weekend, so I'm going to be preaching a sermon about marriage. So we're going to get off James for one week. So there's our break one week next week, all right? Then we've got to come back to James after that. So here's what James says right here. James, the half-brother of Jesus. James, I would argue, the leading apostle. We always talk about Peter and we talk about Paul, but let me ask you this. Who was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem? It was James. He, whenever they had problems, they all went to James. And here's why James, the half-brother of Jesus, grew up, had Jesus as his big brother. Here's what he says. Not many should become teachers. I grew up in a culture where we had Sunday school teachers, and I never heard this text preached whenever we were trying to get more Sunday school teachers in church. <laughs> but man, this is so true right here. Not many, not many of you should look to be teaching the Word of God because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. Man, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Man, anytime that we're going to stand in front of people or sit in front of people, whatever you're going to do, we're going to say, this is what the Lord says, then we are moving up into a higher level of responsibility in God's eyes, and we're going to have a stricter judgment on us. It's a heavy, weighty thing to teach the Word of God. But let me tell you this. See, this morning, you may not teach something or anything like that, but let me tell you something. If anybody ever comes to you and they say, I've got a word from the Lord for you, well, they are going to even a higher level of judgment, stricter judgment than even I am. Because, see, I'm standing in front of you and I'm saying, this is the word of God. I'm trying to expound the word of God to you. But whenever I come to you and I say, this is what God told me to tell you, I just stepped over even on top of that. That's even a heavier, weightier thing right there. So be real careful about that. And be real careful about whenever you get ready to teach the word of God, any of you in your future, anything like that, be careful because here's what you have to consider this much, is that whenever you teach the word of God, man, those words carry a heavy weight 
And I would say, even for those of you who do any kind of teaching online, or you decide you're going to teach on Facebook, or your words, or you're going to teach your friend, or just going to just tell somebody else about the Word of God, then know this much. There comes a very heavy weight with that. And let me, I just, I want to tell you this also. I don't, I don't have any scripture to back this up. This may just be my opinion. It may just be coming, something coming from life experience. But here's what I have noticed. It's people that within church, especially families and within the church, who, who give preachers and whatever a hard time. They're very critical of them. Here's what I've seen. Many times, a child of theirs or maybe even a grandchild of theirs will turn out to be a pastor. And in watching and observing, I've seen that many times, I mean, listen, I know a brother right now, he's a pastor, and his, he comes from a family where, man, they were critical and hard on the preachers. I was in church with them, and now he's pastoring, and, man, that brother has had problem after problem with people in church. And I've seen this, this structure going over. So here's what I just want you to think about. Think about the way that you treat pastors what if your child or your grandchild becomes a pastor? Would you want them to be treated and talked about the way that you talk about the pastors and the preachers that you sat under? So just a little fair warning there, something for you to consider. Like I said, that may be just be my, totally my opinion, but that's something that I have observed. Now, talking about pastors, my, great mother, my, my grandmother, she lived in the early 1900s. She's a little girl, early 1900s, and here's what she told me. She said that whenever her dad would see a man walking down the street and he had a Bible under his arm, that he would do everything that he could to get him to come in the house. And he would come in and think, listen, if that pastor came and that preacher came in the house and he had dinner with them, then that was the greatest honor they could have. See, this is back before they had, you know, cell phones and internet and all that kind of junk to where we had, we're just, right, I mean, today we are just, we are downloading all of this terrible information and news all the time, 24-7. Back during this day, I mean, they couldn't get hardly anything outside their bubble except maybe for a little bit of radio and a little bit of newspaper. So they didn't know how evil and how bad the world was. They didn't know all the bad news. And so they would bring these pastors in, and they would, they would, it was just an honor for them to get to minister and to bless that pastor. Here's what I want to tell you today. Today, with what we've seen happen in 2020, pastors are coming, they're quitting more than ever. I mean, right now, there are more pastors that are quitting and getting out of the ministry than any other time that we've seen. I mean, it goes, listen, the stress that you feel is the same stress that many pastors feel. And I'm not trying to tell you I'm getting ready to quit because I'm not, okay? <laughs> I see some of y'all looking at me kind of sideways. What's, what's his agenda right here? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you what my agenda is. My agenda is try to be faithful to the text, okay? But, but here's what I'll say. I'm saying this is that with all the strain that all of these brothers are under, there are more that are quitting now than ever. And here's what you got to understand. For you, all this bad news you're taking in, God did not create your soul to be able to take this at that much bad news in all the time. Some of you need to get off the television a little bit. Some of you need to get off social media a little bit, except for you guys that are watching right now online, by the way, not y'all. But see, when you're just totally getting all this bad news in real time. You're, I mean, you're, you're, oh, some of you right now, man, you're overwhelmed. You're like sick of all this stuff. And then I'll tell you why the reason you're sick of all this is because God did not create you to take all this in all the time. 
So I hope today that somewhere in the middle of even in James that you'll get some good news here in church today. And uh, so, God, we just, we come right now. There's a spirit of distraction in here, so we bind you and rebuke you in the name and authority of Jesus. You've got to leave this room right now. So, Holy Spirit, we're praying that you would bring us into attraction to Jesus and that nothing of the technology or anything in this room would distract us, that we'd only be cued into you. We ask this in Jesus' name and authority. Amen. So, look at this. Look at this. Here's, a, here's another thing, too, that, you know what, I'm... I'm going to just skip that. I'm just going to be patient and wait on this for just a minute. Maybe God wants us to slow down. For we all stumble in many ways. Remember who's saying this? This is James, the half-brother of Jesus. Are you, look, there's your encouragement right there today, friend. For we all stumble in many ways. Somebody should get happy right about there. I mean, some of y'all that are feeling the condemnation of, of what we're already reading right now, you should feel better. James says, we all, every one of us, even this brother, the only one that didn't stumble is Jesus. All the rest of us stumble in many ways. That's why we got grace. That's why we've got mercy. How, that's, listen, that's the good news of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus today is you are forgiven. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, here's where he takes us to now then he is mature, able also to control his whole body. So this morning I want to ask you a question. Are you spiritually mature? And if you said this morning, you say, yes, I'm, I'm, and I'm, listen, I know a lot of theology. I know the Bible really, really well. Then here's my question for you. How are you doing on controlling your tongue? Is there a bunch of stuff coming out of your mouth that you're apologizing for or you're sorry for? Or is there a bunch of complaining, a bunch of whining, a bunch of arguing, a bunch of griping, a bunch of yelling? If there is, if any of those things are coming out of your mouth, then I got news for you. You're not so spiritually mature is what the Bible is saying. James is saying, listen, you want to know how spiritually mature you are? You gauge that. Your heart is gauged by what comes out of your mouth. It isn't how much you know of the Bible, how smart you are, how much you said in church, how many classes you've taken, or anything like that. It's, listen, it's all going to be the telltale. Listen, the tattletale is in your mouth. It's your tongue, is what James is saying. That your tongue is a tattletale of your heart. Look at this. Here's what Peter says about Jesus. He says, when he talks about him not committing sin, he says, and there was no deceit found in his mouth. That's what he's saying. He said, this is how we know. We know that he was perfect because there wasn't any, any deceit whatsoever in his mouth. Now, look at this. He says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole body. So you take this 1,500-pound animal, this horse, that you can put 500 pounds on a big, healthy horse's back, and it doesn't even wince. And you put a little bitty bit on the tongue, and you put, listen, a little 100-pound woman can get on there, and she knows how to, she can make that dude dance. So he's saying, you know, this little bitty instrument, this little bitty thing, the tongue, He's going to explain to us, it has a lot of power. It has a lot of influence. It is very important. And consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the pilot will direct. 
And I just want you to know that I'm not going to say anything about this being all PC-based right here is why it's doing this this morning. I won't say that, all right? I'm going to put that off to the side. So, too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets a, listen, one little spark, one little spark can set a whole forest on fire. So, I mean, James is making the point right here that your tongue is so small and so light, but yet you can't hold it. I've heard people talk about, too, that isn't it interesting how God put our tongue behind the cage of our teeth? To try to protect, like you put a line in a cage, and that line, man, you turn that line loose, it can tear some stuff up. You want to keep that thing in a cage. God's trying to help us out right there. The tongue, wow, it's so interesting. James says the tongue is a fire. He's going to talk about the negative context of that. Don't you think about something about fire for just a moment? Fire can be used for good, and it can be used to destroy. It's kind of like your words. Your, your, your words, they're either a healing bomb or they're, they're on a hatchet. They can be used either way. And a fire, it can be used to warm a house. It can be used to cook food. There's lots of good things that a fire can be used for. But, man, that fire gets out and it goes out of control. Then it destroys everything. And that's what, listen, that's what James is trying to help you understand about your tongue. Is it can be used for good. It can be used to bless. It can be used to encourage. Let me just ask you to think about something for just a moment. Think about your past. Some of you, you've had some people who have taught you, maybe not even preachers or or people in church, but you've had people that have taught you the Word of God in your past that, man, they taught you some stuff that changed your life. What could you do to me? Have you encouraged them? Do they know that? Can you send them a text message or an email or a letter or something like that to encourage them this week? I say, man, this is, you helped me so much. You don't have to tell them directly what it was, but just I want you to know that you are used of God to help me. You, you just encourage them. Use, use your, your tongue to encourage when you can. See, the tongue, then he goes on, he says, man, the tongue is a world of unrighteousness. Place among our members, it stains the whole body. It sets the course of life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. It's very interesting because James right here, he says there's a direct pipeline from hell to your mouth and even from your mouth back to hell. And have you ever said something before and you're like, oh, God, forgive me, I, I, I did not mean to say that. Is just something just, has anything just ever exploded out of your mouth? Is there anything in your past that you, right now, that you said, and you say, man, I regret that I said that. I wish I never would have said that. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit can help you in real time. You know that, right? If you'll pray before time, if you'll pray for the Holy Spirit to help you, then, then when you get to that spot and you say that stupid thing, the Holy Spirit will bring it right to the forefront of your mind. And see, I mean, just a few weeks ago, my son Aston came in, and he asked me, he goes, he said, hey, Dad, he said, where are the pliers? And so Aston, you know, and, and he's sitting right here, and I'll, I'll say this, and, and you know, sometimes Aston has a hard time finding things. And so the first thing out of my mouth was, I was like, oh, Aston, you'll never find it. And the Holy Spirit just, boom, hit me. And I was like, Aston, I'm sorry for saying that. You will find it. It's out, and I told him where it was in the shed, and I said, and you'll find it. And he did. He found it. But, I mean, that flesh inside of me, that first thing was to come out to say the negative thing and to speak the negative thing over his heart. And as soon as I did, the Holy Spirit's like, uh-uh, well, you prayed about that earlier. Now, you can either be a coward and be, just go along with it and just don't fess up to it, or you can be a man and fess up to it. 
and do what's right. For although we live in the flesh, oh, listen here, this is good stuff right here. This is not, not preaching, but the Bible's good right here. For although you're living here in this body right now, in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. So you're in battle right now. You are in spiritual warfare, and what's coming out of your mouth, what's happening in your mind is a forefront of spiritual warfare. So here it goes on, and it says, Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God. Listen, I don't know if you're seeing this or not. I got that underlined highlighted for a reason. This isn't about you being strong enough. This is about the strength of God working through you. Some of you right now, you're like, man, I can't control what comes out of my mouth. Exactly. That's why we're talking about this. Only God can take care of this for you. So it's not that you're being strong, but it's, look at this. But, but we are powerful through God for the demolition, breaking down strongholds. So strongholds, biblical language, that's these big stone walls that would protect a fortress right here. So God can break down even the things that you can't control in your human nature. God can break that down through his power working in and through you. So we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive. That, that word right there in the Greek could be translated. We take every thought, every thought as a prisoner of war to obey Christ. That's listen, Paul's using military language. He understood this in the Greek military language, and they understood it too. He said, we, it's like we take every thought like it's a POW. See, listen, here's what I'm telling you. This will change your life if you'll do this. Every time that negative thought, that wicked thought, that evil thought pops in your mind, if you stop right there and you interrogate it, wait a second, where'd you come from? What's your intentions? What are you planning on doing here? If you could, and listen, you're saying right now, you're like, man, I can't control my thoughts. Once again, that's the very point of why we're here this morning. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. The Holy Spirit's going to help you recognize these rogue and toxic thoughts when they come into your mind. So here's what I'm saying, that if we get the heart right and we get the thoughts right, then what's coming out of my mouth is going to be right. Listen. They're all going to have to be POWs in my mind, and they're all going to have to come to the obedience of Christ. You know, here I'll tell you what they all have to listen to when they come into my mind. There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I have died to myself, and I live to Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You're going to have to listen to that all day long. You're going to come park in my brain. That's what you're going to have to listen to. You're going to be a prisoner of war. Prisoner of war to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God. So you're going to have to obey Him. I'm not going to obey you. You are going to obey Christ because I am in Christ and I belong to Him. Now see, here's the thing. Some of y'all are listening to me say this right now and y'all are thinking, I, just, I think that in my mind. I say that out loud. See, for some of you, you do all this stuff. You're like, oh, it's personal. It's between me and God, and I do it all in my mind. I'm telling you, something nothing wrong with that. But here's what I want to tell you. The spiritual power is in the spoken word. When you start speaking it out loud, man, it changes the, the, it changes the, the atmosphere around you. 
And there may be some people that will think you're crazy when you're out. And I, I, know, I know I've been in places where people have heard me praying and saying, and they think, man, that crazy dude's talking to himself. I'm not talking to myself. I don't care if they think I'm crazy. Because I know this much, if I keep quiet, I will get crazy. But if I speak truth, then that's the only thing that's going to keep me sane, going to keep me in line with the Word of God. So some of you need to loosen up, not be so fearful of what other people think about you, but be more concerned about what God knows about you. You realize the devil wants you to be afraid, right? I mean, listen, the devil wants me to be afraid to get up here and even tell y'all any of this stuff. I'm all afraid about what you'll think about me. But see, here's what I know. The truth is this, that I will not give an answer to you. I will give an answer to God one day for every word I speak, and especially right here and right now. Ah, yeah, we're taking our time this morning. It's all good. So here's the definition for a stronghold. It can be a system of thought that leads people away from God's word and life transformation. So these are a few examples right here. God doesn't really love me. Ah, you can't trust anyone. Ah, God can't forgive me for that. I'm hopeless. He's hopeless. She's hopeless. This whole situation's hopeless. Well, let me tell you something. God specializes in that word hopeless. You know that? I want to tell you something. God sometimes will intentionally lead you to the spot to where it is all hopeless and nobody can fix it and no doctor, no lawyer, no money, whatever. Nothing can fix it. And then the only one that can fix it is God. That way when it gets fixed, everybody's got to step back and go, that was God. So I just want you to know that God sometimes, he will lead you right there to where in this world there is no hope. The only hope I got is in heaven. (laughs) That's right, sanctifying. Okay. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the anakinosos. Anakinosos right here. So Anna right here, the first three letters right there, Anna. So in in early church history, there was a group of people who did not feel like um, childhood um, baptism was good enough. So what they did is they went, they wanted to start rebaptizing people that made a profession of faith. And so they were called Anabaptists. Okay. So right here, when it says anachinosis, what this means is this means the regenerating of my mind. It means thinking things back over the right way once again. I don't know if you realize this, but you see, some of you, when you come in here and you hear me preach, you don't hear anything you didn't already know. All we're doing here is reframing what you already know. See, that's what we need in church. I don't always need somebody to teach me something new. I just need somebody to reframe what I already know. So I'm looking with the right perspective. So I'm approaching life the right way. So here's what goes on in James. And he says, I wonder if I could read both of those at the same time. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed. And it has been tamed by, it's amazing to watch me. Listen, I told you all before, I love watching like those big, you know, big cat diaries, you know, the lines and stuff like that. I don't know why, why I like watching that. But it amazes me how this, I'll, I'll see like these people that will be in a cage with a line. And they'll have like a little something like a, and they'll be, they'll have that, that line tamed. And I'm thinking, man, if that line wanted to maul that dude, that little chair ain't going to stop him or whatever it might be. I mean, it's like that lion, so we've, we've seen you know, like 
Shamu, jump rope, and all that kind of I mean, thing. They, they, they can tame all kinds of animals. We've seen that. You've seen that. But here's what he says. But no one, no man, no woman, no person, that's everybody, no one can tame the tongue. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're saying, man, I can't control what comes out of my mouth. James says, I know you can't. Yes, you're right. You can't do it. This isn't about you fixing you. This is about God transforming you. It's a huge difference between the two. See, we've been, many of us are grown up in church trying to do this whole behavior modification stuff, and we've been beating our heads against the wall and thinking we're not good Christians, and the whole time we've been missing the point that it's not about behavior modification. It's about life transformation. It's about the Holy Spirit coming in. In the midst of that conviction and me surrendering to the Holy Spirit and Him changing me from the inside out, not about me being perfect. Man, that whole thing right there in church has messed us up. Then we think we come to church, I've got to be perfect in church. If I'm not perfect, then I'm not mature. James says, no, it doesn't have anything to do with the show you put on in front of other people. It has everything to do with what's going on in the very deepest part of who you are. And you want to know how mature you are? Then pay attention to what's coming outside of your mouth, what's coming through your mouth. And that is the tattletale inside your mouth. Oh, it's right here, this is... This is interesting because it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. So the Greek words he used right here, the words they would use for an adder, that would die, right before that adder would strike, it would have its tongue. Now the snake does that weird thing with its tongue, you know. That that's, that's, the, that's the terminology that they were used. That's like an adder that's ready to strike poison into something. He said, that's what our tongue is like. Then he goes on, he says, with the tongue... We bless our Lord and Father. So this morning, there's people all over the world that are blessing their Lord and Father, that are singing praises to Jesus and having a good time, you know, just saying all the right things right now in church. And with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. And then they get in the car and they talk bad about the people that they just went to church with. They gossip about the people they just went to church with. They talk bad about the people that, or the, the preacher or the song leader or whatever it may be. See, your words are like long-range missiles. I don't know if you know this or not, but it doesn't matter where you say it or who hears it. It causes long-term, I mean, it, it can reach, it hurts the person who hears it even if they smile and agree with you. Because listen, you, you know, you're in church, there's no use in lying right now. You know you have heard people say mean things and you hated it and you smiled and shook your head and agreed with them. You know that's happened in your past. We've all done that. So the words that you just said, just because a person is shaking their head and smiling doesn't mean they're enjoying what you're hearing, what they're hearing, okay? So your words, they're like long-range missiles, and they're also, they're kind of like landmines. Sometimes you just, you know, it's, it's a, you know your words, man, we can say some of the meanest things with a big smile on our face. Man, it's just like the, it's like the brother who comes to another brother, and he's, uh, he says, you know, he said, I'm so excited. He's bought a new truck, bought a new Chevrolet truck. And he's up there, man, he's bought the new truck and everything. And, and the, the, the brother comes up to him and goes, oh, yeah, I mean, that's nice, but, you know, I'm really a Ford man myself. You know, or just, just some little innuendo, just something right there, just to take, you know, here's the, here's the situation. When I'm not happy with myself, then I don't want anybody else to be happy with themselves. Whenever I'm hurting on the inside, 
then I'm going to use passive-aggressive stuff to hurt other people on the inside. You know how the old saying goes, hurt people, hurt people, you know? So why is it so important for you to forgive the people even that don't deserve forgiveness? Because when you don't forgive them, then here's what's going to happen. That hurt inside of you is going to come out, and it's usually going to hurt the people that are closest to you the ones that you live with, the ones that you love the most. So why does God make it so important for you to forgive everybody unconditionally? Because when you set them free, you set your, listen, when you forgive them, you set yourself free, and you set those people free who live with you. So James goes on, he says, blessings and cursing, you might have to look over here, blessing and cursings come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt water and spring yield fresh water. And here I want to go to our, our man, Peter. So Peter, man, he is a great illustration of someone who just struggled, all right? So... Here's what happens right here. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? My patience has worn out. <laughs> they replied and say, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, the greatest answer of all, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. One of the greatest proclamations ever made right there. Peter made that. And also, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So then he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So keys, they speak of authority. So I will give you the authority of the kingdom of heaven. See, I don't know if you know this, but since you are positioned in Christ Jesus, you have the authority of the kingdom of heaven. So when we talk about your words holding power and your words being very powerful and speaking that out, that's what you're doing. You're exercising your kingdom authority under the authority of Christ. So he says, and whatever you bind on earth, it's already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, see, that's what you're binding, you're speaking. Whatever you loosed on earth, well, it's, it's already been loosed in heaven. What a great proclamation that is. I don't think that any of us quite get that 100%, but what you say is so powerful then he gave the disciples the order not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes to be killed and raised. So there's a gospel. Like, I got to go die, be resurrected. There's a gospel right there. Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him. <laughs> Remember, this is a guy that just said, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. He's gotten a little bit cocky over these words he just said, didn't he? Now he's rebuking him and saying, no, 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 no. no. You, you, Lord, oh, no, Lord, which is, that's a, you know, this will never happen to you. Then Jesus turned and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Man, I mean, we, while ago he said, 
This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood. This was revealed by, from heaven. My heavenly Father revealed this. Now he says, same chapter, a few verses later, he's telling him because of what he said, get behind me, Satan. Hey, listen, be encouraged by this. You're not always going to be saying the right thing. You're not always going to be feeling the right thing. You know, I mean, we got our ups and downs spiritually just like, like, that's the way everybody on the face of the earth is. I mean, you know, our man Peter, he's an extreme of this. But understand this, just because you're not always on point, okay, just because you're not always saying the right thing, it doesn't mean you're lost, okay? Y'all with me on that? He said, because you are thinking, see what's coming out of your mouth, that comes from what's going on inside your mind, about, not about God's concerns, but about human concerns. Then Jesus said to them, tonight all of you will fall away because of me. So we went down to chapter 26, all of you will fall away because of me, for it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told them, even if, he says, everybody else, all the rest of these dudes right here, if they all deny you, I will never deny you. Well, be careful whenever you get up on that high place and you say, I'll never and fill in the blank after that. Because whenever you say that, well, don't you know something? The enemy hears that and he's going to do whatever. Because here's the thing, you know, tell you something. I know that you, 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 the devil does attack you at your weak spots, but here's another thing you got to understand. He also attacks your strengths because that's where you let down your guard. Many times in our weaknesses, we're all guarded right there, but then the things that we think where we're strong, we let our guard down and we let him right into that spot right there. So be careful about saying, I'll never. So then, you know how Peter goes on, he denies Jesus three times. And here's an interesting verse. You look over at the screen on the side right there. But what comes out of them? The mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a person. So here's what I want you to understand this morning. The foundation, where we started this morning, the foundation of your life is your heart. The Bible says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So here from my heart, then it goes up to my thoughts. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. And then it comes up to my mouth, but whatever comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. So it all begins right here. So whatever's coming out of my mouth, it's indicative of what's inside my heart. So I want you to do an inventory of what you said yesterday. Did you lose your cool yesterday? Did you say some things that were harsh? Did you gossip yesterday? What about this past week? Just think about this past week. Do an inventory of your words. So every day I pray this prayer. I invite you to take your cameras out, take a picture of that if you want to. Try this one. This right here will help you. Lord, help me today to recognize every rogue and toxic thought and to take them captive to the obedience of Christ. So what you're doing when you do that is you're saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to put me on high alert. 
whenever that thought comes, to recognize it. And right there, man, I mean, right there, just speak right there in that morning, say, right there in that moment, okay, you've all got to become obedient to Christ. You, it may feel weird at first, but you've got to speak truth over that. Philippians 4.8 <clears throat> is another one right here. So then the, the, the part in green right there, that's where I kind of filled in the verse to kind of make it into a prayer. Lord, help me today to dwell on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, then give me the desire to dwell on these things. I've never seen so much craziness going on. I'm trying to preach a sermon. Maybe, there's, maybe somebody doesn't want you to get this. We're doing battle this morning. So one more verse, and we'll stop fighting this thing this morning. Ephesians 4.29. You basketball players, do not use foul and abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So I, um, I'm the home group leader for seventh grade boys, and, man, they are super cool. They, I mean, they, they, last year, sixth graders, they were cool. They're even cooler now. <laughs> and they were talking about trash talking this past Wednesday night and about how they trash talk one another. That's why I said for you basketball players, you're not exempt when you play basketball, by the way, from the Word of God, okay? I just want you to know that. So let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So, Lord, convict me when I use foul language. When I'm critical, when I complain, and put a desire in my heart to speak encouragement to everyone. Man, just those three things right there. If I were praying those every day and trying to live by that every day, it's going to make a huge transformation in my life. But not only in my life, but the people who have got to be around me on a regular basis as well. It's massive. It's huge. So this morning, I want to ask you, how is your relationship with Jesus? The answer is about what's coming out of your mouth. Let's all stand up this morning. So right now, I want you to just do a little bit of praying. Because I've heard this stronghold before. Oh, God just knows the way that I am. I can't help it that I say those things. God understands. He'll forgive me. That's from the pit of hell. Smells like smoke. When you start justifying what's coming out of your mouth and you bypass around the word of God, then you're moving into dangerous territory. You're, you're allowing your heart to get hard. So maybe right now, maybe as, even as I've been preaching, you've been thinking about, boy, there's some, mm, I need to go and apologize to this person because I said some things that I shouldn't have said. I told them some things I shouldn't have told them. 
So right now, why don't you ask for God's forgiveness? Start there. God, forgive me for just filling that blank right there. God, would you help me the rest of this day to recognize every rogue and toxic thought? Can you pray that? And to make every single one of them a POW to obey Christ and his word. See, some of you this morning, you've been losing the battleground there in your mind the battlefield right there and you've been losing ground the enemy's just been taking over more and more ground you're angry at somebody and here's the truth of God's word they are created in the image of God and they are deeply loved by God can you say that about that person you're angry with right now see some of you there's some people that you can't forgive you say, I mean, there's no way I, I can ever forgive them. God can grant you that forgiveness just as he has forgiven you of all of your sins. So God, can you grant me the ability to forgive? Fill that blank in. See, some of you right now, you got some deep hurts because of what your dad said to you years ago or your mom your older brother, older sister, or that coach, or that teacher, or that preacher, or that deacon, that Sunday school teacher, that church leader. God, help me to forgive and fill that blank in. And I lay this hurt down right now at the cross, the foot of the cross. Help me just to let it go. And I pray that you would keep the cross across between me and put that name in there, whoever it was. Every memory of them that only the, that the cross across will stay between me and that teacher, that my parent, that coach, that boss, whatever it may be. The, only, the, the cross of Christ will stay between me and them. That that memory would become a sanctified memory. A memory that's making me more like Jesus. That's developing me and not destroying me. Just keep your head down. Keep your eyes closed. Some of you right now, that destruction you receive from your mom or your dad is now turning towards your children and you don't even see it. It's turning towards your spouse and you're not even aware of it. So God, right here, would you break that right here for the hurt that I've received that I will not give it to my spouse that I not, will not give it to my children. I want it to end right here today, right now. 
Help me to focus on whatever is good, whatever is pure, and whatever is lovely every day of my life, oh God. Help me to speak encouragement into my spouse and into my children. seated for just a moment. <clears throat> so some of y'all may remember when we started the book of James, I was like, maybe we'll do James chapter 1, and we'll stop right there, because I didn't want to go this far, because this is hard. This is hard stuff. So I'm saying all that to say, man, God bless you for staying with us this far, you know? <laughs> I have to say, your endurance is great. It's, it's not going to get easier from here, but next week we'll be talking about the, the marriage stuff. And, and one of, you know, they're going to come up, they're going to give announcements about the uh, marriage weekend. So, you know, let me, just, let me just put one more little thing in there before they do the marriage seminar, because I've seen this so many times. I want you to understand something. One seminar, a church service, and all those things sometimes are not enough to bring complete healing to where you need it. But sometimes it's the first step in the right direction. Sometimes it's the thing that uncovers the lie that's been hidden to you. And so, you know, I just want you to understand something. Don't come thinking this is going to fix everything. But come thinking this may expose something that needs to be exposed. And be brave enough to deal with that. Because that's what God wants you to do. Because if you will be brave enough to deal with the things the Holy Spirit exposes inside of you, then he can bring healing change and life transformation into your life so god bless you guys hope you guys have a great week i'm fixing to say i'll see you next week but then these dudes are going to come up here because they are really wanting to give you all these announcements all right <laughs> thank you david appreciate that and so like david was saying um these commitments that you can make to pouring into you and your family um it, it's a lot of times it's the start of of uh, a new chapter in your life so um, we're not in it for a quick fix or anything like that, but these are tools that we're equipping you with. And so having said that, uh, Eric, if you'd come up here, please. Um, we have Eric Johnson here. Um, th th Eric is the leader of our uh, marriage ministry, and uh, he has assembled an awesome team of people. And uh, we couldn't be more excited to have you guys here, and we're launching this off next week. And so, Eric, tell us a little bit about uh, what you got in store for us. Uh, well, uh Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he trusted me because maybe I can talk too long. Um, I learned an interesting fact this week. What's the number one reason for divorce? You'll hear money. You'll hear fidelity. It's contempt. And those of us who have been married long enough have gone through those moments in our dialogue in our narrative where we felt that beginning of contempt, we were angry. Why do we do marriage ministry? First institution was marriage. Fast forward 2,000 years, we have the church. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we've got to have a strong family. 
And we're not going to have a strong family until we, have, until we have strong marriages. So we want to provide some resources here at the bridge that enable us all to finish well. I do not have a perfect marriage. I have a beautiful wife. She's married to a knucklehead. <laughs> and she can be prickly sometimes. You guys all have your own experiences. But if we'll band together, we can encourage us to each other to finish well. So what are we doing here? We have a series of either one-night events or longer events. We have a mentoring program. The next thing on your calendar, and everybody needs to pay attention to this, the 12th, there's a simulcast that has Matt and Laura Chandler, Junior the comedian, the Perros who do um, a, uh, they have an entire marriage ministry, a, a, uh, an assessment they provide, they're, they're well known in that field, are going to broadcast and we'll come here, there's a meal provided and we want you to participate in that. There's some costs involved, go to the church website and you can do that. If cost is an issue, reach out to somebody, we'll, we'll work that out. That's the next thing. So on the 12th, dinner be served around 5. That's included. And then the simulcast will start at 6. The other leg to our marriage ministry is a mentoring program. And that involves, uh, I think there are five couples involved, Lisa and I, the Blairs, the Moores. Uh, and there's a lot of experience. The Reese's, Jay and Charlene. Jay, should stand up for a second. They have a lot of experience. They've been doing mentoring for years, and they come to us recently, and talk about a wealth of information uh, that you guys can have. In this group, there's been death of a spouse. There's been uh, divorce and remarriage. There's, there's a lot of experience, and probably I calculated 160 to 180 years of marriage experience. So the mentoring program is that. How that will work is you'll get together, you'll make sure there's some chemistry, They'll tell you how to get started. You'll take an assessment test, and then that couple who's been trained will lead you through the results of that assessment to help you guys work through your own issues. So I've probably taken up more time than I should. <laughs> but thank you. The 12th, be there, and then uh, stay tuned for the other things we've got going to support you. And the good news is God made marriage. It's good. It's good. It's good. Thank you, Eric. Miss Rebecca, somebody put the 15-second countdown up right now. I'm oh, okay. Ready. I can do it. Okay, ladies, we had so much fun this past week, but we also have another game night happening this Friday night at 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Child care will be provided. Your kids are going to have fun, too. And if you ever have any questions, a lot of times we'll have information on that front counter, and there's a sign-up. If you think you know you're going to come, let us know just so we can make sure to have everything set up ahead of time. But don't worry. If you show up, we'll get it set up when you get here. So come on out Friday night. Be watching social media and all the other avenues for more announcements, and then that'll get you real happy for the marriage simulcast the next night. Thanks, Rebecca. Okay, we're almost done. Uh, just wanted to remind you guys about next Sunday, if you are an elder, a staff member, or a uh, volunteer leader in this church, we're having a very important technology meeting immediately following service that day. Lunch will be provided, so please do not miss that. It's crucial. Um, 
We're also having small group signups. So if you've not been a member of a home group, um, you're wondering what it's like, um, next Sunday, uh, right at the same time, out in the lobby area, we're going to have signups for home groups. Um, guys, don't miss out on that. It's a good time to go get involved uh, to start the year off right. So um, many blessings can be involved there if you guys have never done that before. And then finally, uh, another shout-out, uh, call-out, if you will, for K-12 through volunteers. If you're not volunteering anywhere right now, not trying to pull you out of something you're currently doing, um, we need bodies. Uh, we, we want you guys to, um, if, if you're sitting on the sidelines and you want to volunteer, we'd love to have you. Um, I'll, in fact, I'll stand up here for the next 10 minutes if you want to come talk about it. If everybody would stand, I'm going to close this out. Um, Heavenly Father, we just uh, lift this day up to you, Lord. What an awesome message this morning. Uh, certainly spoke to me, and I pray that it uh, penetrated the hearts of everyone here. Uh, Lord, we, I ask that we apply that this week. I ask for a hedge of protection around everybody represented here and their family. Uh, we pray that we represent you well, Lord. Um, we lift our leaders in our country up to you. Uh, Lord, we ask you to keep us safe and healthy. In Jesus' name, amen.